This is the forgetting. You can't change the world. You can't change your path in, in a disease. You can't wave a wand uh, and, and erase racism or, or COVID, but pray until something happens. I keep saying, how, how much longer do I want to fight? Why don't I just let this demon take me out? Well, Mr. O'Brien, if the floaters start looking like Donald Trump, then you'll have to be institutionalized. And then she walks out the door. Greg, it is great to see you and great to hear your voice. It is the third week in September, 2020, as we enter a pretty uh, eerie fall. And um, you and I talked a couple of weeks ago. How are you? Uh, okay, but I, I have, a, which I wrote down a funny story because when things sometimes go sideways, I always make a funny story. So, and I think I told you, but can I start with a funny story? Absolutely, make me laugh. All right. So um, no pity here, but um, in, you know, in, in this journey, the mind and body break down and that's continuing with me. And I ha had recently what um, appears to have been an eye bleed and um, just things are bleeding around my body. I, I, I have skin tears now where the skin opens and I don't know if you've ever heard of that and just starts bleeding and then doesn't heal. And I had what looked like, where it appears to be an eye bleed. And so I went to uh, eye specialists, um, Mass General type related. And, and um, there was this doctor who's really, really a, a, a wonderful uh, doctor and bright and, and, and beautiful and young. And, and she's, uh, she just, you know, she knew what she was doing and was trying to reassure me, but she, she was, you know, very, very professional as, as a doctor is. And being the Irishman, um, I always try to make people laugh and I couldn't get her to laugh. And she just was like being a doctor, you know? And, and so at the end of, of the, um, well, Oh, I'm sorry. Like I got to follow my notes here. Um, as a result of that, I bleed, I've lost about 20% of the vision of my left eye and I'm seeing floaters. Do you know what a floater is? Or if anyone yeah. is listening, uh, but it's not just, um, dots that they, they 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 look just like they, they're objects and 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 they're like in like lines of cars and stuff like on a highway and and then sometimes um it almost feels like the movie the shining and and i'll look down at at a table and i'll see one on the table and the doctor knows my medical background and basically she said i can't tell you if that's a float or a hallucination and so and it was kind of a chilling discussion. And so, um, on her way out, uh, she said, look, I know you're worried about the floaters, but I'm far more concerned about your loss of vision. So I said, okay, but let me ask you a question. And she turns around like she's in a hurry, but she looks at me and I said, what if the floaters start looking like Donald Trump? And 
she pauses and she has a mask on and you can't see her smiling, but her eyes are smiling. And I go, I got her. And then she, she takes another step and turn and, 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 and takes another step and turns around and says, well, Mr. O'Brien, if the floaters start looking like Donald Trump, then you'll have to be institutionalized. <laughs> and then she walks out the door and I, <laughs> I got this bright, beautiful woman to smile. And when you're 70 years old, that's a good thing. <laughs> that's 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 my story right now. I like it. I don't want to be you you and I both really want to avoid being political on this program because I'm sure there are people from all walks of of politics listening to us and the show the the nature of the show is not political in any way obviously. But I will say this regardless of, of who you're planning on voting for about six weeks from, from when we're talking now, five or six weeks. Well, in the last election, I wrote in my deceased brother-in-law because <laughs> he was my best friend. So, But these are scary times. They're scary times with COVID. They're scary times with um, the racism in this country. They're scary times for people with Alzheimer's and dementia. And um, I would like, uh, if, if Donald Trump is, is, uh, is, is gonna be a, um, a disruptor, I'd rather him be out there uh, disrupting, disrupting the uh, demon Alzheimer's. And one of the things that concerns me about the Trump administration is I, I don't see the commitment to finding cures or addressing Alzheimer's or other forms of dementia. And, um, you know, when, when, when you're in the throes of this disease, um, you get kind of selfish about some things and I'm selfish about trying to find a cure for Alzheimer's. And, um, and I'm watching the political minefield and I'm saying these people are acting as irrational as people with dementia at times. Well, so let's let's pull away from the candidates and just let me ask you this, because um, I think it, it is more uh, relevant to kind of the, the larger topic that we that we face, which is uh, you and your and, and how you interact with the world. And I wonder, this is uh, <laughs> 2020 started out uh, bad and then got worse and then got worse and then got worse and then got worse. It's like we are now in like the fourth or fifth complicating layer of, of, of awful things all overlapping. And that's on top of whatever challenges, you know, you, you face personally. I wonder, uh, I wonder just kind of how you're dealing with, with just the incredible angst in the world right now. We've got this racial strife. We've got the, we've got this, uh, incredible, this eerie political, um, upheaval, We've got uh, COVID, of course, which is, uh, you know, uh, not getting better in the United States. And, and we can pretty much be sure that we're about to experience some sort of um, second, real second wave as the, as the weather gets colder. Does any of that or does all of it impact you personally, Greg? Or are you, does it not really affect your, your life personally because because of all the other things you you're dealing with that are more primary. No, I, it, it, um, it waves, weighs heavily 
and um, just fighting off the depression and the angst and, and, and the fears. And um, uh, it's, it's like the movie, and I wrote about it recently, Groundhog Day, where you get up and everything is the same. And, um, and you say, when is it going to end? And um, there's a parallel line with Alzheimer's and dementia. When is it going to end? Because you get tired of the fight and, and um, more and more it, it's, it's taking a toll on me. And, and I keep saying, how much longer do I want to fight? Why don't I just let this demon take me out? And, um, and I'm moving at that, you know, you're good at keeping me focused. So, but you know, when, the, when the body starts, the mind is all numb, the body breaks down, your skin is opening and bleeding. You got eye bleeds. You basically say, what, what am I doing? When is it going to end? Right. And, and to answer your question, it's very similar to people who, don't have dementia who are dealing with um, COVID and the racism in this country. And, and they say, when is it going to end? And we don't know. And um, not knowing is scary. I don't know if that made sense. Yeah. You're making such a, a great point. And it's something we touched on actually when we spoke in the spring, when COVID not long after COVID had first hit and you were making some great parallels then between what we were going through and what the Alzheimer's, what Alzheimer's uh, patients and caregivers go through routinely. But, but I, I agree with you about this, that it's the, the, the there's an angst in the, in, in the ether, in the, in the world for everyone now, just, just that it's just so, it is so, so heavy. And, uh, and it, and it does, there, there is, I think a strong overlap with what, with what you and, and other people living in the Alzheimer's world go through just all the time. And it's, and it's a good, uh, as, as bad as it all is, it's, I guess it's a good opportunity for us all to learn about empathy in, you know, in all sorts of directions, because um, God, you know, if you and your family wake up feeling this bad every day from all the uncertainty in the, in your, you know, around your, your, your Alzheimer's, uh, life, I, I can actually, I, I'll admit, I, I can better identify with 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 it uh, now that I have, now that I'm experiencing just all the dread in in my life due to all these you know external factors, the you know the the disease and all the political and social strife. It's well, you know, it it the other side of of that, David, is. Um, and I think people with dementia will relate, or many of them, and their caregivers will certainly relate. You're, you know, we're living the movie The Shining, and um, and we think we're, we're in the movie alone, and then we realize this horror picture, for different reasons, is playing out across the world, and COVID, and racism, and other things. So, I find at times when I fight off the depression and, 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 and I fight off the WTF, um, I focus on people who are getting hurt, people, uh, the, the, the racial inequality in this country, the, the uh, um, 
political morass we have all and and um i find and i think other people would i have greater compassion for that because i'm seeing that play out and and i'm saying well you know um look at what everyone else is going through and right. i don't know if that, sure. if that makes sense to you it but does so you, you you have to kick yourself in the ass and say stop it and um uh, and, and, and do the positive. So I, I, um, my, my, and then I'll get to the end, but, but my, um, I don't know, my mind's not so f- together to gay. Um, no, it's good. But the, let's, let's stick with this, that what you just said, how do you get out of that angst? How do you kick yourself in the ass and, and feel better about the day in that moment? Well, it's like a lot of things in life. You have to hit bottom before you reach for the top. Mm-hmm. And so you you engage in the pity party and all of a sudden you say, well, a pity party is a party of one. This isn't so much fun. And, and then you read the papers or listen to what's on television or you just see what's going on and you say, wow, we're dealing with a lot of stuff. It's like a heavy cloud hanging over. Uh, uh, it, it, it's, it's like in a funny sort of way the, the smoke clouds in California that are hanging over people and, right. and it doesn't seem to go away. Right. And um, we're, we're all dealing with something. And, and um, I wrote a piece in uh, psychology today just recently. Um, and uh, uh, it's another thing on writing. Normally, you know, the pieces are about a thousand words. Normally in, in my earlier years, I could write a piece like that and, two hours. This took me almost four weeks because I couldn't, I couldn't find the point. Mm. And um, so, and, and, and it was a piece about uh, just to stay focused again, it was the piece of a piece about all of what you're talking about, the what's going on in the world and COVID and, 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 and all the stuff that weighs down. And I was trying to make sense of it. And it wasn't until I had coffee with a uh, retired Episcopal um, Bishop, this woman, uh, Tracy Lynn from uh, um, Ohio, and she was on Cape Cod and, and she has dementia. And, um, and she had a, a bracelet that um, had the letters uh, P-U-S-H. And I asked her about it and she said, cause we were talking about what you're just talking about. She was feeling heavy and she was feeling depressed and she was feeling there's no way out. And then she said, and then as a minister, I start looking around and feel maybe for one of the first times that everyone's experiencing something. It's not just me. Right. And um, there's a little bit of a, a of um, ironic normalcy to that because you're not alone. And so I said, so how do you deal with it? And she holds her bracelet up. And I, I, I got a copy myself. It says P-U-S-H. Right. And it says it means pray until something happens. You can't change the world. You can't change your path in, in a disease. You can't wave a wand uh, and, and erase racism or, or COVID, but pray until something happens. And uh, I'm not here to proselytize. We all find our own faith, uh, however one defines it. And that gave me meaning. So I wrote a piece in psychology today about it. That's beautiful. 
I, can we go back to, you mentioned The Shining. Last time we talked about Groundhog Day, which is a movie I know extremely well, so well that I'd be embarrassed to admit how well I know it and how many times I've seen yeah. it. But The Shining, I don't think I've seen more than once and it's been at least 30 years and I don't really, I know the, 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 the outlines of it, but I actually don't really, I haven't seen it in such a long time that I don't really know what the, what the message is about The Shining. So can you explain what your reference to that was about? Well, The Shining is is about a form of mental illness where where Jack Nicholson is is uh, going nuts. Right. And he's a writer. Right. And, and um, so he, I forget what he was writing, but he was, maybe it was a book or something. So he, he needed to get away and, and, and he got away with his wife to um, this uh, scary hotel, right, with snow, and um, it starts out okay, and um, but you could tell he's he's hallucinating. He's not. It's almost like he's got a form of Alzheimer's, and um, seeing things that aren't there, and um, uh, so his wife is thinking that this is the only part that I can remember. But people will relate where he's writing and and on a manual typewriter and she's feeling, okay, well, at least he's writing and um, forget his name in it. Let's just say uh, his name is Jack, but it's not. Right. So she comes down and she looks at um, all the pages that he wrote and one line after another says, all work and no play make Jackie a dull boy, all work and no play make. And, and then you, you see that look on her face, we're screwed. And, um, uh, it, it, um, and I've had that moments, uh, with my mom when I was caregiver and she, for her, and she died of, of, of Alzheimer's and, and, um, I was in denial about it. And, um, uh, she, uh, I had a picture of all the kids from a wedding and we got 10 kids in the family and, and she couldn't name one of them, including me sitting next to her. And so there's, it's funny how movie lines stick with you. We talk about Groundhog Day, which by the way, was produced by a good friend of mine, Trevor Albert and um, The Shining. And um, I, all I could think of uh, when I walked out the door that day was that um, uh, iconic line from Jaws, we're gonna need a bigger boat. So, so, so I, I think one of the, one of the themes here and of the last couple of discussions we've had is in a way you are, you're better equipped than, than most of us to deal with all this other crap that, that comes our way externally because you're, you're used to, uh, you're used to a lot of the feelings of alienation and just uh, feeling kind of underwater and, and powerless and, and you have all these strategies to, to lean on, which is. I, I just thought good. It, I, I wrote down two minutes ago, another line that another movie. Okay. Chevy Chase's Christmas vacation. We've only watched it probably a hundred times. And, um, uh, remember his nutty brother, Eddie. And, Vaguely. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, uh, Eddie is, uh, talking about something in his head that was replaced and he doesn't want to hurt his head again. And Clark turns to him and says, do you think it really matters, Eddie? And uh, 
It's one of my favorite lines. And so when um, getting back to full circle here, when, when I ask myself, okay, what about this? And what about this? And, and I try to make myself laugh because I think, I don't know how people get through life with, with, without some sort of faith, hope and humor. Um, and, um, and I think of this line and it, and it makes me laugh. Yeah. We should, we should make a list of, uh, of movies that, that people should watch in the, uh, during the pandemic to, uh, to help them find some, uh, I don't know, some, some sort of respite. Well, the, 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 uh, you brought up something the, the other night, I, I got so upset watching all the news, you know, just flipping was at night. And, and I got in such a state with all the stuff going on and then feeling about what I deal with. Cause at night right. when, when they talk about, um, um, the sundowning, um, I had to, I got so upset to calm down. I turned, I, I turned the movie jaws on mm. to calm me down. And uh, my son came in the room and said, Dad, what, what are you doing? I go, I, I have to watch this. It's going to calm me down. I'd rather watch sharks eating people than uh, uh, the politicians eating one right. another. Right. That's yeah. perfect. I'm thinking of that Jaws poster, that original Jaws poster you've got in your house. Yeah. Which I, was, I was admiring during my last visit. Well, uh, my wife I, saw that when we were in, in Martha's Vineyard. And she saw my eyes and she says, don't you dare. And sometimes in, in dementia, a red light looks like a green light. So I'm saying she really wants me to buy this. So not only did I buy it, I had it framed and it's a huge poster. Yeah. It's and, and then um, uh, I put it in the living room. So there it is right now. I was telling my son the other day, and it's, I don't know why this makes me, gives me any sort of pleasure because it is truly a, a tragic story. But I, I grew up going to, uh, we, we grew up in Ohio, but we went to the beach all the time in Texas and Florida. And uh, my dad would take us out to, to the, uh, to the deep waves. And we just, we just swam in the ocean just all the time until I was about 12 years old. And then when I was 12 or 13, uh, Jaws came out and I don't really think it changed the way my dad felt about the ocean, but I stopped going in immediately. Yeah. Just there was a, there's a life before Jaws and there was a life after Jaws and I just don't like going in the ocean anymore. Well, uh, I, I live on Cape Cod, as you know, and yeah, and it's, uh, it's shark city. And so I, I, uh, um, I, I'm this feel the same way. I just dip in and dip out. I don't, you know, my, but, but it's, it's the, with the shark, we're, uh, so, you know, we keep jumping around here, but that's all right. And you're good to follow my jumping around. Um, but you know, there's an analogy I'm thinking right now with the shark, you know, the, all of us are facing sharks and look at what's going on in Washington. Look at what's going on with COVID racism, uh, dementia, right? It's, you know, we're, we're, again, trying to come full circle for those who are listening. Um, there's just a lot of shit going on. If I could say that, at least I'll, I'll let, uh, uh, Sean edit me out, but yeah, knee deep in it. Yeah. I agree with you. I'm not actually trying as hard as you are to come full circle. I just am 
enjoying our conversation. And I'm, I don't know where this is going, but I do want to say that as long as we're on movies, I would like to disclose that my go-to movie, for some reason, particularly late at night, is uh, one that very few people even know about. Uh, and it, it happens to be my absolute favorite movie. It's called Topsy Turvy. It's about Gilbert and Sullivan. By, it's by Mike Lee, who has got to be one of the best filmmakers ever. And uh, it is just on another level. There is just so much going on in this film. And it's it's got every... I think the reason I watch I like watching it now is that it just is so immersive. It covers every possible emotion. And you're in this deep in this very sad, but also very funny universe. And there's just all the, there aren't like two or three characters that you, that you get deeply into. There are at least a dozen or maybe two dozen characters that are just deeply, deeply sketched out psychologically. And it's, it's like you get to go back a hundred and, 30 years and, and just live in their world for two hours. And it's, I just, I love it. I love watching it over and over. So I'm, I'm recommending that. I'm not going to make a metaphor like you are. I'm just saying I love the movie. Well, movies, movies are great, but that's another thing about COVID. I, well, you would know this better because you're closer to stuff like this, but I can't imagine there are a lot of movies out there being made now. So we'll be watching reruns. Oh, maybe, you know, I have found creatively when you're doing solo work, this, at least for me in, in songwriting and in other writing, this has actually been a, a, a perfectly great time. So they're probably, I don't think they've done a lot of shooting in the last six months, but I bet you a lot of really, really interesting things are being written uh, in, in this period, novels and, and um, movie scripts and, uh, you know, poems and and songs and and I and I bet there is going to be a lot of I don't I don't think the world is shutting down creatively in that way. But you're right. I'm sure that there is a. I mean, obviously, there's there's been a a great pause of complicated uh, production work. Yeah, yeah. But it you you're right about that. I I, I find when I want to pull myself out of the pity party. Uh, I, I go to write. And even though I can't write as quickly as I could before, it gives me enjoyment and, and it focuses me on, you know, and, and also in the journey of dementia, you know, exercise of, of the mind and body is so important. You know, it's the Rudy Tanzi shield. Right. And um, it's that, it's that puzzle. Uh, I mean, I'm of course really sorry to hear that it's that the writing is so much harder for you, but, but, um, I wonder, I, I'm, I'm hoping that you still get to experience the, the kind of joy of putting the puzzle pieces together, which is not really like a, a, a super fun thing to do, but it's so challenging and you get to, you get to kind of lose yourself in it, whether you're writing a, an essay or a song or, or, or whatever it is. And that uh, losing yourself, being immersed in that kind of challenge is... Uh, it's such a gift, I think. Well, one of the things I find, and in, in, um, I, I think individually, I had this tendency in a way, but more more so that uh, you know, when you're in dementia, of uh, uh, sometimes inadvertently talking over people because you have, um, and again, people on on the journey here will know, you have something in your mind, and then the thing is gone, and you can't 
you can't find it. Right. It's a thought. And so you want to blurt it out. And when you um, blurt it out, you've just interrupted someone else's thought. Right. And you feel, you feel a little creepy, but you got your thought out. And so um, getting back to what you just said about writing uh, in, in the old days, you kind of get lost. I find now, which is a challenge, I can't get lost because I won't know how to get back. Right. And so what I do, all, like, I don't know if you could see this, even talking to you, I, I, I have scratch paper here. I'm, I'm writing stuff down all the time. I'm, I'm on my laptop writing stuff down all the So I don't forget where I am in the moment because I won't know how to get back. And, and uh, um, you know, I, I asked a friend of mine, while ago about uh, getting lost in the woods and uh, he, he was uh, you know a consultant of uh, I guess a shrink type if you want to say that and he said let me just remind you Greg that if you're lost in the woods and you're two miles in the woods and you want to get out just remember it's two miles out you right. can't you, you, you can't turn around and step out of the woods so so the moral is to the extent that you can, don't go too deep into the woods. Right. I find that in dimension now where I have to try to stop myself saying, okay, I forgot this. I forgot now. Where am I? Yeah. Greg, I need to uh, wrap it up. I'm getting a message from Sean. We are, I think our zoom is going to end automatically in a, in a few seconds. So while I could keep doing this and we could make another list of, of a dozen films, we'll, uh, we're going to say, uh, au revoir. All right. For the time being, hope to talk to you soon. It's it was great to hear your voice and see you and and connect with you. And let's uh, let's both keep plunging ahead. Love you, brother. You're a brother to me, and I love you. Where's my hundred bucks you owe me? Uh, I, I'm going to fax it to Sean, and Sean will fax because I could see his smiling face, Irish face, and Sean will fax it to you. Okay, I'll, I'm no, going to be counting be on that. Like, it'll be like two hundred bucks then. Okay, that sounds that sounds even better. Okay. All right. Great talking hey, to you. Hey, keep kicking me in the ass. That's helpful. Love you. I'll do my best. You too. All right. Take yeah. care.